Hello, I'm Viv Groskop, author, journalist, comedian, sister, mother, daughter, wife, and this is We Are Women. We Are Women is the Mint Velvet podcast, and this edition marks not only our own one-year anniversary, happy anniversary listeners, but also the moment in the year when the world comes into step with us. Because coming up is International Women's Day, when the international community focuses on what we are focused on all the time, the beauty and the occasional beastliness of being a woman. So to mark all this, we're going to do things a bit differently today. For starters, we'll be hearing from the wonderful Mel C. Sorry, I couldn't resist that. As I said, we'll be hearing from the wonderful Melanie Chisholm. The inner dialogue. Stop it. Stop saying that wasn't good enough or you shouldn't have ate that or why did you drink that bottle of wine? It's done now and we'll just get on with it. And for seconds, we've been and gone and done away with most of our normal features to make room for a proper chat with the three incredible women who join me in the studio now. Harriet Minter is a journalist and broadcaster with a particular interest in issues relating to women, the future of work, media and diversity. She presents the utterly addictive Badass Women's Hour on talk radio on Saturday nights at eight o'clock. If you're too busy out raving, as I know I always am, it also has a brilliant podcast. And her regular newsletter boasts that it is the only one guaranteed to get you promoted. Otega Uagba is the founder of Women Who, a community for creative working women and the author of the smash hit Sunday Times bestseller runaway phenomenon that is Little Black Book, a toolkit for working women. She too has a podcast, who doesn't nowadays, called In Good Company. And lastly, Liz Houghton. Liz recently picked up an OBE for services to business and charity and is the CEO and co-founder of luxurious women's wear brand Mint Velvet. Mint Velvet has taken the high street by storm since launching less than 10 years ago and is, of course, the reason this podcast exists at all. So thanks for that, Liz. Welcome to all of you. Thank you so much for coming. Now, because this is our International Women's Day edition and there's been so much talk of 2018 being the year of the woman, I wanted to ask you all if there's one particular issue that springs to mind for you with everything that's going on, anything from Me Too, parental leave, women on boards, gender-neutral pronouns. What's the thing, Harriet, that's really close to your heart at the moment? So the thing for me this year that is, I think, dominating it and changing everything for women has been the Me Too movement because actually, for me, what that's about is women's stories being spoken and listened to and really, really heard. And it started off around sexual harassment, but I think it's now actually about how we see ourselves within culture, how we see ourselves within society, the daily experiences that we have that are different from men, um, and actually telling humanity from a woman's point of view and I feel like that's the first time that has really happened. Oh, it was very beautifully articulated if I may oh, say for you. Yeah. Otego, what's on your mind at the moment? I think the same thing that's always on my mind which is about women's relationships with money, particularly in the context of the workplace which is obviously related to what I do. I talk a lot about careers but also just generally in terms of personal finance. I think Economic empowerment is one of the most important things women can have and striving for financial independence and financial literacy is something that's really important to me. So I want to see that become more of a current conversation this year, hopefully. Mm, Very good. And the better people's personal finances, the more money they could spend in mint velvet stores, Liz. And wouldn't (laughs) that be a good thing? Obviously. Obviously, as the host (laughs) of this podcast, I recommend that. Uh, Liz, what's uppermost in your mind about women's issues Um, at the moment? 
I think because in fashion you work with an awful lot of women and particularly we see a lot of young girls come into the industry and also being the mother of a 16-year-old daughter, the thing that I would really love to see more of and and I think is starting to change, particularly with a lot of blogs and uh, the things that are happening on social media, is the the younger girls having a voice and realising they can make a difference, a little bit like you were saying with the Me Too campaign, but also the fact that they're going to have the vote. And to make sure people feel empowered to do things and actually make a difference. Because mm-hmm. unless it starts at sort of the younger level, by the time you get to a position where you can have more power, well, this is things really, don't really change. Yeah, well, this is really interesting, isn't it? Because what everybody's raised already is this issue of the difference between being heard and action. And I've been slightly worried in recent months that it's all about being heard and we're all having our voices heard, la, 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 la. Who's actually gone to prison for anything bad? No one. Um, Harriet, how do you think that all this can really be fixed? Because having a voice is great, but we need consequences to some of this. We do need consequences, but I think we also, even before the consequences, we need awareness. Because what we didn't have before was there was no male awareness that this was even a bad thing. And now I have conversations with my male friends and they're going... Yeah, so I just want to ask you about this situation that I was in a few years ago. Was that bad? And they are asking the question. And yes, I want to see consequences. Yes, I want to see people losing jobs, being punished, going to jail. But if none of that happened, but moving forward, men started to see the world a little bit the way that women see it and started to change their actions because of it, that would be a good consequence for me. I would be happy with that. Yeah. Otega, how do you see that playing out in the workplace with women that you're talking to? Um, I definitely agree with you, Viv, that I am so, I'm really keen for there to actually be tangible change and tangible consequences. I can think of a couple of companies where men have been outed or publicly kind of shamed as being sort of sexual harassers. But then because it wasn't kind of in the white, hot, sort of the heat of that movement, they weren't actually fired. So they were suspended or put on garden leave. Um, and I kind oh, of... That's the worst thing, isn't it? The gardening yeah. leave. They shouldn't even be allowed near a garden. It just, yeah, exactly. It just, and it just doesn't mean anything to often men at that level, you know, who are on really sort of juicy salaries. So a month or two unpaid doesn't really mean that much to them. And they're back and it's like nothing happened. So I wonder how we're going to make sure that there are actually real consequences. In yeah, Liz, do you not think that in fashion in particular, hashtag activism becomes a bit of a difficult thing, especially because we're so dominated now by Instagram, social media, visual imagery of everything and the whole uh, imagery of the black dress on the red carpet. And sometimes I wonder if fashion is really helping us here. I agree with you. Sometimes it can be a little bit too sort of wrapped up in something of the moment and that might die. But anything that sheds light on a situation that isn't right, so whether it be inequality or racism or anything like that, if it's getting it into the public domain, I think that's a good thing. Um, But the other thing I was thinking is really it's about how women see themselves. And I think that's probably the most powerful thing that we have is how we see ourselves and our own sort of um, empowerment and believing that actually we can do anything. And some, some of the limits are not what men put on us, but actually what what women put on themselves.
Mm, I'm always feeling that we need a contrarian here, like some sort of Piers Morgan figure, to say, <laughs> "Oh, you're snowflakes, oh, get yeah. over yourselves." But this I don't is a feel we need Piers Morgan <laughs> in this room. <laughs> too. This is a safe space. Uh, I do wonder, though, and Harriet, I wonder what you think about this International Women's Day. Do you think it actually means something? Um, the theme for uh, this year is a press for progress. Do you think that's so? The theme of International Women's up? Day every single year drives me demented. I'm like, press for progress. Oh, good. How exciting is that? I mean, it's just as if anybody it's so minuscule, exactly. And also, like, I don't want progress. I want radical change. That's what I want. Mm. The International Women's Day themes, I find them a bit. Them? I don't know. So I just the like, International Women. Right. <laughs> okay. I wasn't yeah. consulted on that. I don't remember that. <laughs> Did you not get the memo? Maybe you're not international <laughs> enough to yeah, be on it. However, what I do like is that there is a point every single year where everyone stands up and goes, nope, still not sorted, still a problem. Mm, well, Liz, you have got a very interesting intervention for International Women's Day, haven't you? Yes. A real thing. <laughs> I'm just, there's, there's some yeah. merchandise in the room, basically, <laughs> and I'm itching to get my hands on it. Tell us about what you've brought with you. Um, well, actually, we're doing um, a charity T-shirt um, for a charity that we're really passionate about called Women for Women. We realise in Mint Velvet that our customers and our staff um, are lucky enough to live in a democracy where women do actually have a say. Whoa, this is getting a bit serious. Come on. <laughs> and actually, there's so many women in the world that are completely overlooked and, and are so oppressed. So we thought it'd be really good to do two things, to raise money for the charity, but also to give publicity to this wonderful charity. Um, and also, we've adopted some sisters in different countries where you sort of show your love and support and um, communicate with them... Just just to say that, you know, you're you're doing what you can for them. So we've designed a T-shirt. Shall I show you now? Yeah. Yeah. This is where you need cameras. Um, a lovely striped T-shirt. Well, one can describe with the voice. Yes. <laughs> Good point. So it's, so it's a white and navy. Um, it's a Breton stripe, it is I a, believe. It's actually, being mint velvet, it's slightly grey. It's sort oh, of, of more course. of a more of a grey stripe. It has a red lip print on it. <laughs> yeah, so it's a, a like I you say, it's a Breton stripe um, with a pair of fantastic sexy lips on the um, top left. And this rather beautiful embroidery, um, and then embroidery around the sleeve saying "We are women," which is um, and a contrast the podcast. Yeah, and a contrast zip detail, but it also comes in a red stripe with red lips for those more daring. Love it. So um, everybody's got one, right? Yes. Fabulous. And you can you can wear it pretty much these days anywhere you want. So you can wear it on its own. You can layer up over a polar neck, a long sleeved um, tee, and you'll be able to either see it in stores or online. Um, Otega, are you a fan of this kind of activism where fashion is mixed with uh, do-gooding, or do you think it can have some drawbacks? I tend to think that in order for that sort of activism to really be effective, there has to be actual money donated to the charities and causes. So, Which is happening in this case. Yeah. yeah, so I'm not a fan of it when I think people just kind of jump on the bandwagon and, you know, associate themselves with certain charities to make themselves look good. Um, I think if, the, if that happens, then absolutely fine, go for it. And also I think it has to be more of a long-term commitment because I know that from, you know, friends of mine who work for charities and NGOs that flash-in-the-pan things can often be not very useful. So as long as it's a long-term, sustained commitment of actual money, then and yes. also I think you have to have, the brand has to feel right with the charity as well. Mm. You know, so for us, it had to be a marriage where actually it's how we think as well. 
like you say, it can't be something where you just think, oh, I'm going to get that for publicity. Yeah. We did a podcast with Britta Fernandez-Schmidt uh, where the thing was Journey and she's the executive director of the charity. Could you tell us a bit more about what it is that they do? Is it all over the world? Well, interestingly, they came into our office, into our head office the other week and actually did a fantastic presentation um, in a little bit more detail about the things they're doing. And they, my sister, for example, is in Congo. Um, and they've done things in... Um, oh, your sister. This is like a sponsored... Yes. They, yes. they call a sister. Yes. Right. So my sister's called Bertha. So what they particularly concentrate on women that have been affected by war. So when they're trying to rebuild their lives after war. So it's giving them the tools to earn money or to get any kind of education so that they can be more self-sufficient. So really what we loved, it was almost like empowerment. I think you have to feel a connection with the charity or brand that you're working with, particularly when we look at some of the recent news about how charities have been behaving and what's been going on underneath the I was wondering when we were going to get to that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, it hasn't... You do have to ask yourself, do I really believe in this charity? Do I really support them? Um, the other thing that I always you question for me as well is, like, am I sitting here going, oh, OK, I'm going to give you some money and that's going to be wonderful. And then I'm going to go and buy a T-shirt from a shop down the road that is exploiting women and young girls. And actually, it's not just about donating to a charity. It's also then about thinking, how am I living my life so that it reflects those ethics? So it's bigger than one T-shirt. Yeah. But one T-shirt is a start. It is. Now, I did say we'd done away with most of our regular features, but we couldn't ditch our special tradition of asking our guests a question to ponder throughout the show, which we come back to at the end for an answer. And today's was inspired by the excellent parenting podcast, Mom and Dad Are Fighting, where presenters swap parenting triumphs and fails. Now, this could be something big or it could be something little, but what I like is that it celebrates achievement without pretending that that's what it's like for you all the time. So with an International Women's Day twist, the question is, as a woman, what is your biggest triumph and your biggest fail this week? Just one for you to think about. Now, our interview with Mel C is coming up shortly. But just before then, we couldn't abandon our regular smorgasbord of good sense from the women we've asked to share with us their answers to the question, what advice would you give to another woman? My name is Alex Fox and I'm a journalist, broadcaster and a sex educator. My advice to other women would be your own BBB. That is your best body buddy. Pleasure, both sexual and otherwise, I think starts with your attitude and your acceptance of yourself. I'm Amber Bitchart, I'm a fashion historian and the advice I would give to my younger self is just definitely wear it, you won't regret it. My name's Jen Brister, I'm a stand-up comedian and the advice I would give is uh, don't be scared of failing. Thank you, Alex, Amber and Jen. Listeners, while we're always keen to hear your advice for other women, this time we have a slightly different question for you with the chance to win some glittering prizes. This International Women's Day, we're asking you to nominate a woman who has been an inspiration in your life. It could be family, it could be someone famous, it's whatever springs to mind. Just email your nomination to relaxedglamour at mintvelvet.co.uk or come to the Mint Velvet Facebook page 
message or tweet at Mint Velvet. We'll randomly pick three lucky winners, one of whom will get a Mint Velvet voucher for £250. One will win a £100 voucher and one gets a £50 voucher. The deadline is midnight on the 31st of March 2018 and winners will be contacted within a week. So all of you in the studio here, who would you nominate? This is a tough question, isn't it? Who's been the inspiration in your life? For me, it's definitely my, my grandmother who died oh wow I don't like to think how long ago she died now but it's 10 years Um, but she absolutely inspired me and made me into the person that I am and I miss her every day Um, no pressure guys I've just really brought the tone down now with this that was lovely I think for me I would say my inspiration was actually even though I've never met her my great grandmother who wasn't even alive when I was born so my great grandmother and Name she, of great grandmother, please. Uh, so she is Florence, oh, love but known Florence. as Nan. Known oh. as Nan, uh, she came from nothing and became the mistress of this very, very wealthy man. Brought up two kids by herself, created her own millinery company, built her own business, built her own brand, and when he died, picked up her entire life and moved it to the US just like that. And this is a film. I, it is. I keep you pitching it, and no script. one is taking it. <laughs> I just grew up with all the stories about her and all the stories about how she created her own life and she decided what she wanted and she went out and she made it happen and she is what I think of when I think of, okay, well, what can I do now? And I just think, what would Nan do? Make a hat she for a start. <laughs> how wonderful. Liz, who springs to mind for you? Um, well, the woman that inter- inspires you the most is the one that you see most days and for me that would be my mother. I know it's so cliche but... She is everything I think a great human should be. She's um, balanced, um, consistent, loving. What is her name? Your uh, Rosemary. Rosemary. We call her Umar. <laughs> but she just is, you know, despite anything that's thrown at her, I just think, you know, life is a roller coaster and we're all going to go through ups and downs. And to constantly have a smile on your face despite any circumstances is, you know... What it's all about, really. Why do you call her Umar? Why does that? Because my eldest son could never say grandma, so she just became known as Umar. Otago. Um, besides my mum, someone that I'm not related to, who I find really inspiring, would probably be the author Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie, who I just think is such a brilliant feminist. I suppose her type of feminism is something that I really agree with, and I think her writing has introduced an entire generation of of women and girls to feminism and I think that's brilliant and also her fiction writing is just amazing she's sort of an incredible storyteller so yes probably her I am here at Rack Studios in London. We're just around the corner from Abbey Road. It's a legendary uh, recording studio. And we're here on a mint velvet shoot. And with me is not so much a guest as a phenomenon who has actually recorded her own music here. Not only is she an incredibly talented singer, songwriter, actor, businesswoman and television star. Not only was she part of the best-selling female group of all time. Not only has she co-written a record-breaking 11 UK number ones not only is she a parent (laughs) and consistently reported to be the most down-to-earth celebrity you could ever meet not only all that but as part of the Spice Girls she introduced us all to girl power a movement which genuinely transformed the lives of so many people she is of course Mel C welcome 
what an incredible introduction. Well, Thank you so what much. What an incredible career you have managed to fit in. I now, know, it's bonkers, isn't it, when you kind of hear it like that? I know, well, well you I should own it, girl, own it. Mm. With this edition of this podcast, Mint Velvet are celebrating International Women's Day. So it's all about girl power already. I've heard that you only recently realised the impact that the Spice Girls had with that slogan. Mm. Is, is that true? Do you know, it really, I think it's just become more apparent in the last few years because I feel like so many of the Spice Girls fans have got to a certain age where I meet them every day, you know, whether it's people I'm working with or just in the street or if I'm out shopping, I hear such wonderful stories about how they were inspired, how they were empowered to follow their dreams. Lots of journalists that I meet or people I meet in recording studios working in TV. I meet lots of young guys who, being a Spice Girls fan, they felt gave them the confidence to come out to their family and their friends. Um, so it, as you can imagine, it's it's quite, you know, quite incredible stories. It makes you feel like really like proud and untouched hmm. I think it's a noble thing if you've helped people to come out I don't know if it's so noble if you've helped them to go into journalism <laughs> that's, that's for another day now you have done so much since the Spice Girls with chart topping albums singles flourishing acting and TV career but it was such a huge thing wasn't it the mm. Spice Girls that people are always mm. going to mention it in association yeah. with you is, is that difficult for you not at all you know I completely and fully embrace that there was a time in my life when I was an angry young woman and I was embarking on my solo career and I wanted people to see there was more to me than sporty spice but as I've got older I've realized I'm really lucky that I was a part of that, and it is who I am. I think when you're in your 20s, you know, personally for me, I I didn't really know who I was. My life had really been turned upside down, so I was really questioning, who am I? You know, who am I supposed to be? Who do people want me to be? Who should I be? Um, But as I've got older, I've just gone, it's okay, because you're all of those things actually. I remember when we we did the reunion tour in 2007, and one of the things I was most nervous about was jumping around like a lunatic and singing wannabe, I thought, how can I do that? I'm way too old. I mean, this is like, what, how many years ago now? This is like 12 years ago. And, um, I thought, I'll never be able to do that. And then as soon as the song started in rehearsals, I just turned into that person again. So it really is always there. Do you still do backflips? I haven't done a backflip for a few years. Today is the day. Today is the day. Let's do it. Let's limber up. (laughs) You can go first. (laughs) Talk to me about your relationship with fame, because I know you've said in the past that it's the most irritating bit of your career. Have you made peace with that a bit or maybe even found a way to enjoy it a little bit? Um, You know, it's such a strange thing because when I was a child, it was something I aspired to have. I wanted to turn up at an airport and there was hundreds of people there and I wanted to, you know, not be able to go shopping on my own because I'd just get mobbed. And that actually happened. Yeah, be careful what you wish for what you wish for. Yeah, and I think the thing that, you know, personally for me, getting back to getting on the tube and getting on the bus was, it was a bit of a novelty at first. And I actually really cherish that anonymity. Said it. I can never say that word. <laughs> um, you know, I, I do get recognised often when I'm out and about, but just being able to, to go out and not really think about it. Um, sometimes the paps are around, but now I don't really care. I don't care if I look like shit. Can we swear? You just did. Okay, it's fine. fine. Yeah, you know, if I'm doing the school run, I'm, I'm, I'm not Elle McPherson, you know. 
I'm not going to look perfect she on the school nothing room. next to you. She <laughs> can't. I've heard her backflips are terrible. <laughs> well, she's not so many records either. No, she but, um, And she's a lovely lady and I've met her many times, but she always looks phenomenal, like at the school gates. And that's, that's just not me. I, I, just can, I haven't met her, so I can say she's not all that. now you have this great responsible attitude towards your own mental health which I think is really inspiring and it's something that I think we're all learning to talk more about now and you've spoken very openly in the past about your struggles with eating disorders and depression Mm -hmm. do you think those are problems you would have experienced um, if you had a in inverted commas ordinary life or do you think part of that has been the incredible career that you've had in all honesty I don't think I would have. Um, That's quite a brave statement to make. I never experienced any feelings of depression as a child, um, as a young adult. And I was always quite, you know, I don't know whether it sounds naive to say, but I was always a really happy-go-lucky person and it was never something I envisaged happening in my life. I don't have a history of it within my family. Um, So I think a lot, of my issues were environmental. I honestly do. If you imagine someone listening to this uh, feels bad in the way that you're describing this, that you felt sometimes, uh, what would be advice that you would give to them, maybe something that's helped you? The the first thing I did, because I didn't know what was wrong with me, you know, I just thought, I really thought I was going mad. And I went, I found the courage to go to my GP And I was worried about my eating because I'd started binge eating. And I I think a lot of eating disorders are about control. You know, my life wasn't my own, really. You know, I was living this incredible life, but it was kind of... Other people were taking control of it. It, We just had to... We were along for the ride in many ways. So when I sat down with my GP and he said, "Okay, the first thing we have to address is your depression. And that never entered my head. I never realised that that was something I was suffering with. And it was just a huge relief to me. So I would say to anybody, if you're concerned about anything, you have to talk about it. And, and you know, hopefully you can speak to a family member or to a friend. But if you can't, then, you know, go along, whether it's your doctor. There are lots of great charities. I think you just need to speak. And the one thing I've learned, you know, being famous can be really lonely and and I actually, I, I got to a point where I, I didn't socialise. Something about eating disorders as well. Often you don't want to be in a social situation because so much of it is centred around food. And so you end up like kind of isolating yourself from things. And what I've realised through my recovery is people need people. It takes you out of yourself, even if it's just for a short amount of time. You know, the thing I always remember now is nothing is forever. You know, everything passes like I read fabulous book um on my holiday the Matt Haig book reasons to stay alive and he talks about your mood like a sky and depression is like clouds and they they pass and that's something I found um and I think you at the darkest times that's something you have to remember how do you think the world has changed for women compared to when the bicycles were at their height I think generally for people, not just women, for men and women and young people, there is so much more pressure, pressure to succeed, pressure in the way that we look, pressure in having the perfect life, you know. I do worry for my little girl, but I think people evolve 
my experience of the young people around me is they're so much more outspoken. And my little girl, she totally knows what she wants and she's not afraid to say it. That wasn't me. She's more of a Spice Girl than I ever was. And I think it's kind of a a, a reaction to, to what you have, the skills you need to survive in today's world. Yeah, you are, I think, a nice person, as many women are. You know, we try to be nice. Yeah, do the right thing. But how have you found ways to be nice and kind to yourself? Because surely that's the most important thing. I had a little bit of an epiphany. Some of these words are coming out today, aren't they? That's quite a good one. Um, Where I realised, you know, we have this inner dialogue. And, you know, often it's like, oh, you know, you shouldn't have ate that cake. Oh, why didn't you go to the gym today? Or, oh, when you said that, you sounded really stupid. And I found this new voice inside me and it was silencing the other one. I just go, it's okay. What are you worried about that now for? Stop it. Stop saying, you know, that wasn't good enough or you shouldn't have ate that or why did you drink that bottle of wine? It's done now and we'll just get on with it. How amazing is that? That is amazing. (laughs) Check in with me next week, see if she's still about. So in view of this powerful inner dialogue that you now have, Mm. what does 2018 hold for you? I think you've got two albums that you're working on. Is that right? Yeah, it's really exciting, actually. I have a new management team um, working with them on a business side, but also creatively. And we are working towards getting two records, probably get one out this year and work towards getting another one ready for 2019. And and yeah, I just, I found out how much I missed being on stage. So getting back to it, I realised that's where I want to put my energy, at least for now. Very good. And if you had one message to give in the spirit of International Women's Day... What message would it be? The message, I think, coming from a Spice Girl would have to be, we can do anything. You know, we really can. We were told so often in the very early days of the Spice Girls that a girl band wouldn't sell. And we went on to be more successful than any of the boys. So I just think, you know, we can. If we put our minds to it, we can do whatever we want. Our thanks to Mel C. And that was recorded a couple of weeks ago, just before that picture of the Spice Girls broke the internet. Because I did ask Mel C. about the reunion, but she would not tell me anything at all, which was extremely annoying. Um, Harriet, really interesting point there about this inner dialogue and when you tell yourself off and then you tell yourself off for telling yourself off. Mm -hmm. Did that resonate with you? It really did, actually. Listening to that actually made me quite emotional. I found it almost a little bit painful and to hear you know to and this is why I think when I said you know at the beginning it's important we hear women's stories because you hear somebody's stories and you say okay well actually that's me too to be a cliche sorry um but that's me too and I feel that too and I do that too and I you in my deepest depths I felt what she was saying there and particularly I think amongst high achieving women you know in order to get past all the hurdles that society has put in our place we have to be tough on ourselves we have to push ourselves we have to demand more of ourselves and it's very easy for us to then forget to turn that off at any point and particularly around how we treat ourselves and our bodies I think as women we can be very harsh and very difficult and the more people like 
Melanie can talk about it, the more we can talk about it, hopefully, hopefully then somewhere some young girl hears it and goes, oh, okay, I don't have to behave like that. There is another way. Mm. Yeah, the other thing that really resonated with me in that interview was how much she's had to think about what really matters in life and that often success, in inverted commas, is really just having an ordinary life. Um, Liz, was that something that resonated with you? Because I know that you've had a lot of issues with family in recent years and Mm. that's been really tough to manage alongside running a business. Yeah, I lost my son two years ago, which is obviously very upsetting. Um, He was killed in a car accident, in a cycle accident. Um, How old when that happened? 20. Wow. So he wanted to be a professional cyclist. So the only thing that brings us any... um, Comfort, I suppose, is the fact that he was killed doing something he loved. Um, So, yeah, so I think overall um, we talk a lot in our our family about trying to be happy because when you've had a tragedy like that hit you, um, you need to go deeper for your happiness because almost a hole opens up in your heart. So you have to fill it with things that you know are guaranteed to make you happy. And um, for me, it's about doing nice things with nice people. So that's why I love working um, and doing what I do, because I'm passionate about the business. I have fantastic family and friends. Um, And just taking the dog for a walk, having coffee with friends um, and things like that really nourish the soul. Um, So we look to things like that really for, for our happiness. But I think a little bit like you were saying, you sort of... When you're going through something like we've gone through, you feel like you're the only person. And then you realise, you know, once you vocalise it or people know about it, you find out actually loads of people have had traumas in their lives. And together, if you talk about it, you can gain strength from each other. Mm. Oh, thanks for talking about that, Liz. I know it's not easy, but I think it's so important. While you were talking, I was just thinking about triumph and failure. And for me one of the triumphs that I've realised in my family life is that it's really important to me not to be perfect and to try and show my children that pain is part of life Mm. and grief is part of life and difficult Mm. things are really part of life. Um, So for me, that is a big um, triumph. And in terms of failure, um, not knowing who the 11th Doctor Who is, although my (laughs) seven-year-old son has told me about 56 million times who it is. That's probably my biggest failure. Um, Harriet, what did that bring up for you? So I'll start with the failure. So my failure this week, particularly listening to Melanie there, was um, I am not great at this time of year. I know that. And rather than taking care of myself recently, I have been running myself ragged and I spent the whole of last week basically pretty much unable to get out of bed apart from to walk the dog. Um, totally exhausted and feeling you know, like I was completely unworthy of doing anything. And my failure was that I know when I feel like that, I need to call someone and talk about it and I didn't. So it's a very good thing that I had this podcast and I could uh, be reminded of it. So thank you. And wow, I'm I'm so touched that you would say that because you look so great. <laughs> oh, well, thanks, for it. <laughs> Bobby Brown. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it is reality, and I think you know, without trying to make this podcast into a whole therapy session, which you know, please feel free. Is. <laughs> <It basically laughs> is. But I think you know, I 
my you know, like lifetime biggest triumph was learning to like myself enough that it didn't matter if nobody else did. But I still forget that that is an active decision you have to make every single day and you have to take care of yourself every single day to do that. And I always forget that actually I think part of being an adult is looking after yourself as though you were a child. And that's the level of care we all need. That's why we give that care to children. Um, and then my, I do want to talk about my triumph this week because I'm so proud of it. So uh, I was on a train last Friday night. It was commuter hour. It was really busy, really packed. And there was a woman opposite me who was being harassed by a drunk man. Oh, God. And he kept trying to touch her, kept trying to pull her like scarf off. And nobody was intervening. And I said, do not touch her. And he kept doing it. And I said, if you touch her again, I will call the transport police and have this train stopped. Which, you know, commuter train at 5.30 on a Friday is a brave statement. And this guy behind me turned around and said, oh, love, leave him alone. He's only drunk. (gasps) I know, leave him alone. (laughs) Leave him alone. And I turned around and I was like, I cannot believe you have said that. How dare you? At which point the train doors opened and literally everyone made a run for it. (laughs) Um, But standing up for that other woman so that she felt safer, so that I felt safer and saying, actually, I will take action on this unless you stop it. I honestly felt like Wonder Woman and it was the best thing I've done and I'm really proud of it. Well, yeah, that's my extraordinary. I love the British reaction of, oh, I've got to get out of this carriage immediately. Um, Otago, your triumph and fail. I think my triumph actually was yesterday. So it was a Sunday sort of evening and I was retaking some time for myself, did a face mask, had a cup of tea. And I was able to do that because I, I get a, sort of a lot of requests and um, it's always... A, tricky to figure out where to spend my time what to put energy into like everyone who's kind of working trying to balance lots of things and the reason I was able to kind of have my Sunday off mostly and back to myself was because I decided not to take part in something that had been asked of me um, but that I just don't have the time to do Um, and so I think for me it was just really liberating and just sort of reclaiming my time and I, I just felt really good about deciding to kind of take my own time back for myself yesterday um, which is something that I really need to do more often so I think the failure was probably having <laughs> having decided to do it in the first place um, and not realised that I was sort of over committing myself but I felt good about just kind of making the decision to postpone it for a little while triumph cancelled out failure exactly very good yes liz how about you um my triumph this week i think was with my daughter where i managed to get her not to do any homework on saturday because we're at the dreaded gcse um stage of life where it is completely mind consuming for everybody in the family and so we took a day together on saturday um, which was just fantastic and we did a, um, a boot camp sort of class in the morning, had brunch, went shopping, and then we went to the theatre in the evening. And I think days like that are so precious. Like you say, they're days for yourself and, and your loved ones. And sometimes we can become so task-focused. And I think life is so much more than just doing exams and you know surviving from one task to the next and just to be a little bit more... Um, spontaneous. So I want to plan in spontaneous <laughs> activities. And what about a fail? Um, I always think I'm a little bit of a crap friend, if I'm honest, because to do everything is really hard. To, to sort of run a business, be a mum, you know, be a good daughter. 
Um, yeah, I'd like to be a better friend, really. So I think I was a bit rubbish this week. Oh, I think we're going to let you off the hook there, Liz. <laughs> I think you're doing a good job. That's all we have time for on this podcast, but do tweet at Mint Velvet or come to the Mint Velvet Facebook page to carry on the conversation. And for the chance to win a Mint Velvet voucher of 50, 100 or 250 pounds, don't forget to get in touch on social media or via email at relaxedglamour at mintvelvet.co.uk and nominate the woman who has most inspired you. The deadline is midnight the 31st of March. Thanks to all of you who have made We Are Women's first year such a blinding success and as a birthday present if you haven't already please do subscribe rate and review us so that we can ensure our future is even more brilliant my thanks to our guests Mel C Harriet Minter Otega Uagba and Liz Houghton We Are Women is a Whistledown production for Mint Velvet the producer is Kate Taylor I'm Viv Groskop wishing you all a very happy International Women's Day goodbye <laughs> <laughs>